The Taipei Hacker Emin Festival is underway in Shinzu. This year, the festival is seeing a host of top political figures, including President Tsai Ing-wen and Premier Su Chang. Other VIPs include Tao Yuan Mayor Zeng Wen-chan, former new Taipei Mayor Eric Chu, and Vice President Lai Qingde. These last three fell under intense media scrutiny at the festival amid rumors that they're eyeing a presidential run in 2024. It's the annual Yiming Festival in Xingpu. President Tsai, who is of Hakka ancestry, made the trip out to attend. May generation after generation serve as the good sons of Yiming martyrs. May generation after generation serve as the righteous Hakka people. May generation after generation continue to be courageous Taiwanese. I pray that our country and its people will be blessed with peace, good weather for the crops, and good health and great riches for everyone. President Tsai and Premier Su came prepared with remarks in Hakka. The mayor of Taoyuan delivered an address too, though he kept his in Mandarin Chinese. I can deeply appreciate what the president has just mentioned. The spirit of Yiming, a loyalty that endures for a thousand autumns. May it be passed on for generations. To all my people, I wish you peace and great prosperity. Vice President Lai had attended the festival one day earlier, giving a speech entirely in Hakka and setting off water lanterns in a ritual. Every move he made was closely watched, as he is tipped as a contender for the DPP's 2024 presidential nomination. You need to take things one step at a time, like walking up a flight of stairs one step after the other. If you don't take the right step, you'll fall down. He's speaking from his own experience, I think. From President Tsai's experience. It's true from my own experience. I don't want to mention it, but President Tsai, when she was running for new Taipei mayor, and when Premier Su ran for new Taipei mayor, they encountered some setbacks. Speaking to press outside the temple, Chu said both the president and premier lost their campaigns for new Taipei mayor. His remarks didn't go unnoticed at the Yiming Festival, which attracted local grassroots figures from both major political camps. Chu was seen chatting with the head of the Yiming Temple. There's still four years to go before the presidential election, but some could already be warming up. A Coast Guard patrol vessel has evacuated three Taiwanese conscripts and two Japanese nationals stranded in Tuvalu. Last year, Taiwan sent three conscripts to Tuvalu, its diplomatic ally. When Tuvalu closed its borders in March due to the pandemic, Taiwan had requested permission to evacuate the conscripts, but was rejected until last month. Following the successful evacuation, the Japan-Taiwan Exchange Association took to Facebook to express its thanks, calling Taiwan a good, reliable neighbor. Clad in life vests, the passengers carry the luggage on deck. One by one, they are disinfected by health officials. Ah. Due to the pandemic, Tuvalu stopped sea, land and air transportation in March. This left Taiwanese conscripts posted to Tuvalu stranded. The Coast Guard Shunhu No. 8 set sail from Kaohsiung in early August and arrived in Tuvalu on August 21st, picking up three conscripts and two Japanese citizens. The Japan-Taiwan Exchange Association took to Facebook to say that Taiwan has once again made a contribution to the international community, following its evacuation of foreign citizens from Peru. The host also called Taiwan a reliable, good neighbor and used the hashtag TaiwanCanHelpTheWorld. 
The Ministry of Foreign Affairs said that previous attempts to rescue stranded personnel had been unsuccessful. Last month, Tuvalu officials finally gave the approval for an evacuation, said Mofa. A Coast Guard patrol vessel out at sea took on the rescue mission, traveling more than 14,000 kilometers. The ministry also said it was happy that along the way, it was able to help the Japanese citizens. To my brothers and my colleagues, you have all worked hard. The Director General is very grateful to everyone. You have accomplished another great feat and made history for yourselves. Xinhu No. 8 has returned to Taiwan safely. Its crew is undergoing home quarantine per epidemic control rules and the five passengers have taken quarantine taxis to designated hotels. The evacuation has demonstrated Taiwan's maritime diplomacy and the nation's contributions to the international community, officials said. Autumn is in the air and with it cool temperatures nationwide under the influence of a northerly wind. And with the fall season also comes influenza. Doctors warn that flu infections this year could throw off epidemic control measures because their symptoms are hard to distinguish from COVID. They say Taiwan will need to lean heavily on diagnostic test kits in the coming months. The peak periods of the two will overlap. Both of these illnesses cause flu-like symptoms, so they are very difficult to distinguish. What is very much needed now is rapid screening reagents. Ideally, we need a quick test that can tell you whether it's COVID or influenza with an accuracy rate of at least 80 percent. Under its current policy, the government does not supply frontline medical staff with rapid COVID test kits for patients. Doctors say Taiwan needs to expand testing protocol to ensure that COVID treatment is delivered to the right people so that the medical system won't collapse under an influx of patients. Taipei City has banned the use of short-term rental properties as quarantine hotels, citing the risk of community infection. At a press conference on Monday, Taipei officials said a crackdown will start September 22nd. Property owners found offering short-term rentals for quarantine purposes could face fines of up to 15,000 NT. On August 14th, Taipei councillors led city officials and members of the press on a raid in Xinyi district. They received a tip that apartments were being rented out illegally to foreign visitors for use as quarantine hotels. Since mid-March, about 11 people in four groups stayed in this apartment for their mandatory quarantine. There is waste disposal, meal deliveries, the doorbells, the staircase. There are public health standards governing these things. Locals found out about these guests only after the fact. Could this not be a loophole in our line of defense against community spread? According to current regulations, new arrivals must quarantine in their own home or in a designated quarantine hotel. In August, the Taipei mayor asked the central government to crack down on short-term rentals being used as quarantine hotels. People who run short-term rentals haven't had comprehensive training, so there could be shortcomings in their epidemic prevention practices. They allow the mixing of normal residents with new arrivals. It's a very big problem. So this is a point the central government has to address. At the time, the Central Epidemic Command Center didn't give a clear response. Now Taipei City has taken the matter into its own hands. Joined by three department heads at a press conference, Taipei Deputy Mayor Huang Shanshan announced Taipei's new public health rules for short-term rentals. Let's not let short-term rentals undermine our public health efforts. To this day, the central government has not yet been willing to give a straight answer on whether this practice is punishable. 
After the notice period ends, if you aren't quarantining in a Taipei quarantine hotel or at a relative's or friend's house provided to you for free, we will issue fines in accordance with the Communicable Disease Control Act. The grace period expires on September 22nd. Before then, the city's Department of Civil Affairs and Police will investigate short-term rentals and have their guests relocate to quarantine hotels. After September 22nd, people renting out rooms for quarantine purposes can be fined up to 15,000 NT. Their name and their rental property will also be released to the public. Penghu saw the arrival of almost 300,000 tourists last month, the most for any August on record. This came amid strict border controls that have boosted domestic tourism. Penghu has fared so well in the pandemic that one travel agency set up its first offshore island branch. But even with the boom in domestic tourism, travel agencies say it hasn't made up for the loss of revenue from international tours. Agencies including Easy Travel, Lion Travel and South Asia Travel all have plans to close several physical stores and to shift more services online. Registration is over for round two of the 600NT Arts Fun Go vouchers, which can be used on books, movies and other goods and services in the arts and culture sector. This time around, only children, seniors and people with disabilities are eligible to enter the draw for some 600,000 vouchers. The winners will be announced Tuesday at noon. Whether it's hitting up the theatre to watch a play, catching a movie or going to a concert, you can pay for it with an Arts Fund Go voucher. The Ministry of Culture has issued a second round of its stimulus vouchers. Registration for the lucky draw closed Sunday evening, with more than 2.5 million people applying. This second wave of Arts Fund Go vouchers is only open to those under 18 or over 65, or people with disabilities. At noon on Tuesday, the Ministry of Culture will draw 600,000 winners who will each receive a 600 NT voucher. The chance of striking it lucky is 24%, less than half the rate of the first round. But even without this second-wave stimulus, cinemas and theatres have already reported the returning of pre-pandemic crowds. In related news, Taiwan's 5 million agriculture vouchers are set to expire on September 17th. To date, 1.7 million of them are still unused. I don't know what to use it on, and I don't have time, so it's gone unused. I've heard that some people who've gotten the sports voucher took it to stores that sell athletic goods and bought clothes and that sort of thing. I bought rice. The face value isn't that high. It's only 250 NT a person. The agriculture voucher, the sports voucher, the arts fun go voucher, I entered the drawing for all of those. And I have used the agriculture voucher. We bought agricultural specialties. Altogether, our family received 1,250 NT in agriculture vouchers. Four ministries, each with their own stimulus voucher. So far, it looks like the most popular is the sports voucher, with 140 million NT spent in three weeks. The Hakka Affairs Council's tourism voucher is accepted at relatively few locations, but already its holders have spent roughly 48 million NT. The agriculture voucher expires on September 17th, while the others can be used until the end of the year. With the impending rollout of Arts Fund Go 2.0, the arts and culture sector is bracing for a fresh wave of shoppers. 
Starting next year, Taiwan will allow imports of U.S. pork containing ractopamin, a controversial animal feed additive. What does that mean for you as a consumer? For Mosa News, reporter Stephanie Yang has the story. The chef chops the pork, adds it on the rice, and then pours on a generous helping of braised pork sauce. It's warm, savory, and stick to your ribs. Braised pork rice is arguably Taiwan's national dish. I mean, I like, I like pork in general, and I guess it's a good combination of products. In my country, I'm from Russia. We don't really eat this, like, of fat parts of pork. We basically only eat meat. So I can accept it in Taiwan. Taiwan is about to lift its ban on U.S. pork containing ractopamine, a feed additive that's given to pigs to make them build muscle meat. Ractopamine is controversial due to its suspected health risks for humans. But food safety experts at the United Nations were able to determine a safe level of ractopamine for human consumption. As we know, the ADI, acceptable daily intake of ractopamine, is one microgram per kilogram of body weight. It, so, for instance, if an adult with 60 kilograms, the, the maximum amount he can take retoplamine is not more than 60 microgram. Based on the UN's maximum residue level standards, one bowl of braised pork rice would contain one microgram of ractopamine. That means the average adult male would have to eat 60 bowls of braised pork rice each day before reaching the UN safety limit of 60 micrograms. Yen Zhonghai, a nephrologist at Tanga Memorial Hospital, says that ractopamine is eliminated by the human body quickly. According to the literature review, the retoplamine, the half-life of retoplamine is just four hours. It means that the retoplamine can be can be metabolized by our by our human body. There's no long-term accumulation, unlike the heavy metal. The heavy metal they can accumulate in our body, but retoplamine the half-life is relatively short, just four hours. So after four hours, it reduced to half of the amount. So so in case I take retoplamine, maybe after one day is no longer can be found in my body. Even so, Dr. Yuan advises higher-risk groups to be especially mindful of their ractopamine consumption. Patients with hypertension and cardiovascular disease should avoid eating large quantities of pig organs containing ractopamine in a short period of time, as it could lead to increased risk of cardiovascular complications. Retopamine is a beta agonist, so I'm afraid that patients with hypertension or cardiovascular disease, if they take internal organ, large amount of internal organ or large amount of retopamine in a short period of time, they might develop palpitation or chest discomfort. Also, there's an increased risk of cardiovascular complication. So I would recommend that this sensitive group, hypertension or heart problem or stroke, avoid taking internal organ. Dr. Yen says that product labeling can help ensure consumer safety. Maybe, maybe next year, yeah, maybe next year we need to look at the label. I think the government have, have promised that they, they need to label the pork product, whether this product is domestic or is imported from the USA. Or is, but even if it's imported from the USA, it might be retopramine or retopramine free.
So I think the labeling is quite important. The government plans to tighten labeling requirements to meet the arrival of U.S. pork. Ministry of Health and Welfare Chen Shizong says that starting next week, his ministry will go to markets across Taiwan to demonstrate the use of labels. For Mosa News, Stephanie Yang, Taitan Yo in Taipei. With the lifting of Taiwan's ban on U.S. pork containing ractopamine, members of the public are concerned about distinguishing local from imported meat. The Council of Agriculture says this week it will introduce a logo that indicates pork which has a domestic origin. When the logo scheme is implemented at the end of September, restaurants and meat retailers will be required to indicate the origins of the meat they sell. Violators will be fined beginning January. A new survey from the Nutrition Foundation of Taiwan suggests that well over 5 million people in Taiwan suffer from constipation. Nationally, close to 500 million doses of medicines that treat the condition are consumed annually. But doctors and pharmacists agree that treatments aren't necessarily the best solution. They say that instead of risking side effects, it's better to eat extra fruit and veg and drink lots of fresh water. Eating lots of meat, too much fast food, and too few vegetables, that's a recipe for constipation. The study found that almost half Taiwan's labor force suffers from it. The National Health Administration says Taiwan ranks in the top 10 nations for consumption of medicines, and two of the most popular products treat constipation. Taiwanese people consume 460 million doses of them a year. When we say constipation, what doctors define that as is less than three times a week. But if you often feel like you've eaten too much and you can't squeeze it out, then there are ways to clear out your blocked bowels. Conventional treatments like laxatives and edemas are known to be risky long term, with the potential to damage the rectum. A new treatment from Japan claims to encourage the gut's natural movement with magnesium oxide, as well as making the intestines absorb more water, softening stool. But doctors say it puts a burden on the kidneys. What those 460 million doses mean is that on average, everyone takes 20 pills a year. So Taiwan's constipation issue and the number of people affected is quite gigantic. Pharmacists say the first response should be eating more fruit and vegetables, drinking water and walking, as well as deliberately going to the toilet at a certain time of day. If something feels wrong, go to a doctor, but don't lean too heavily on medicines.